Have you ever had a massage or need one? My friend Liz is the owner and operator of Spiritual Massage Healing in Encinitas. She is passionate about what she does and specializes in deep tissue and cupping. Book your massage with Liz to experience spiritual healing and body awareness. She is the best massage therapist you will ever experience. Contact Liz and check out her website with all of her services at spiritualmassagehealing.com or text her at 858-375-6910. That's 858-375-6910 to book your deep tissue massage. That's Liz at spiritualmassagehealing.com. This episode is brought to you by SD Sober Living. If you or someone you know needs a safe and supportive recovery home, then reach out to SD Sober Living at www.sdsoberliving.org or call 619-625-0769. That's 619-625-0769. Come get some San Diego recovery and some fuck fentanyl at SD Sober Living. Is it worth the can you even hear me? Starting with your spotlight on me. Not enough to feed the hungry. I'm tired and I felt it for a while now. This seemed lonely. Welcome to the Fuck Fentanyl Podcast. I'm Luis Romero and I am the Fuck Fentanyl Guy. Today I brought my special guest, my, my good friend Steffi, who is uh, one of my models. How you doing, Steffi? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> this is my first podcast. You're out here popping podcast cherries. I know. Yeah, yeah. My fourth one in a row. Ooh, damn, <laughs> I'm a savage. <laughs> he goes hard. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, I, I, you know, um, I'm pretty familiar with, you know, most of my guests' stories, but I just wanted to share yours as well, because yours is going to be a little bit more different from my uh, other three guests I've had so far. So, um, yeah, let me, uh, just, let's just go from the beginning. How, how, how was life growing up? Uh, life was definitely different. I grew up in foster care. Um, Mm -hmm. it was, it was tough. Uh, I went through a lot of different trauma. I started like drinking and doing drugs when I was like 13, 14. So, Mm -hmm. um, kind of just maneuvered through life and like ups and downs kind of on my own guidance and like group homes and stuff. Yeah. It's crazy because I've never actually like publicly spoken about this. this wow. Is also yeah. Yeah. My this first is the first I'm hearing about this. Yeah. Really. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, kind of that's where I guess my backstory is, um, mm-hmm. I went through like so many different group homes and then eventually, oh, wow. uh, AWOLD and aged out. I was adopted by, um, somebody when I was 17 and so you, just, you would just leave these houses and oh yeah I, w- I just left and I would go out and and live with people I didn't even know but it would just work out because we would oh. be like drinking and partying and it would uh, be like there was gotcha. like this party house that we would stay at and like it was it was crazy like yeah. everybody we were all minors drinking at some old man's house it was wild, <laughs> wild shit what a cool guy <laughs> let you guys do that right <laughs> and then like I pretty much lived with him um and like it was fine he wasn't creepy or skeezy uh-huh. I mean it sounds creepy and skeezy yeah. a little questionable <laughs> a little but bit, a little. nothing ever like happened like my safety yeah. was still like he okay. just, just he just didn't care he, he just, just like, didn't care he was all messed up on pills and everything yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had issues to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he realized that we were all kids. <laughs> he was just so high all the time. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it is. And and then um, I guess I I turned into an adult. And, okay. Um, I had my son when I was nineteen, and I was nowhere near like being ready, being a mom, mm-hmm. ready to be a mom. I guess I should say. And, um, it took me a while to get my shit together because I was, I was drinking pretty heavily. Um, me and his dad like split up and then started dating this guy who's doing a shit ton of cocaine. Uh Uh-oh. Really bad. Red flags. Red flags. (laughs) And like, I myself hadn't touched cocaine since I was like 16. Oh, okay. So you only did alcohol at this time? At this time it was just alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol, weed, or like pills and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, and, and pills I had more of a problem with than anything, I guess. Oh, okay. Like um, what kind of pills? Like uh, Norco's and like like opioids. Oh, opioids. Okay, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, definitely. Gotcha. 
Um, I mean, I did drugs, but I did like stuff like ecstasy. I would like uh, take pills and smoke weed mm-hmm. and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Stuff that probably wasn't the safest. No, no. Especially <laughs> nowadays, that that even that stuff's not safe. Yeah, no, not at all. Nothing's safe at all. I don't no. think it, it. Actually, none of it's safe. Not even alcohol. Alcohol is not a safe uh, substance either. It's why I, I honestly think it's the worst. My opinion. Alcohol is the gateway drug. They tell you that marijuana is the gateway uh, drug. It's the first thing I did. Ah, sorry. <laughs> so full of shit uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's actually alcohol is the only legal drug and it's the worst thing for you um yeah. i was talking to somebody a while back i I'm, we're addying um mm-hmm. we're doing branches here we're gonna go yeah. on a tree and we'll circle back yeah no worries. <laughs> no got you. i got you no yeah um i was talking to somebody uh, a couple years ago and he let me know uh he works in recovery he uh-huh. was also a recovering heroin addict um uh-huh. he had told me that when you have a hangover, that's actually your body going through alcohol withdrawals. And I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I was like, I thought a like, hangover what? was just because you consume too much sugar from the alcohol. No, it's actually your body being like, well, I actually need more of that to feel okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. wild to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess uh, I was more of a drinker. Um, and then... Uh, I guess we could fast forward. Like I have kids and yeah, yeah. I have kids and I, I kind of like. So you had your first one and you're uh, eight, 19. 19. Okay. Yeah. And then I had my second one when I was like 22. Okay. Yeah. So uh, kind of close together. Yeah. That was kind of when I spiraled a little bit. I went through postpartum depression. I ended up trying to uh, kill myself. Oh, wow. And after that, I was going, like, I lost everything. Uh-huh. It was insane. Um, I lost my apartment. I lost my kids. I lost I lost everything. Your, your kids to the system? No, um, their dad. Oh, their dad just took yeah. them. Right. Oh, you're, you're not going to see her. They're like, you are so unstable. Like, this oh, is not wow. okay. And yeah. so then I started drinking again, and I started drinking a lot. Wow. And what, what, what would, um, just to, I'm just trying to get um, an idea. What, what, what exactly, uh, how much do you consume? What, what, what was it you're drinking? Uh, I was like, because I didn't have my kids. I didn't have, I didn't have shit to do. I didn't have responsibilities. So I was drinking a lot. I was drinking... After work, I would go. I I worked across. I worked in Ocean Beach at oh, okay. a real estate licensing school. Oh, okay. And right across the street was Gallagher's. Yeah, it was yeah, Gallagher's yeah, yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I get off. Work oh, Obi's a pretty uh, <laughs> predominant uh, party town. <laughs> it, it definitely is, and it was very convenient. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing a lot of drinking there, and and like my priorities definitely slipped, and yeah. and um, for about nine months they did, and then. I got my shit back together and mm. and I was good. Mm-hmm. So I guess there's like a gap in between like 22 to like 28 okay. where I was doing like, okay, I didn't think that I had it like too much of a problem or anything like that. Oh, so you were, uh, you weren't drinking at all during those. I was drinking, but I was drinking more responsibly because then I, I got my kids back and I was like back with their dad. Okay, and yeah. Like I was, I was doing good. I was being really healthy. The thing was, is like, um, things that I've realized during this time is that I'm a very codependent person. Mm-hmm. It's actually something that I discovered after I got sober. Yeah. Um, so I ended up in a off and on four year abusive relationship from okay. like 28 to 32. Uh-huh. I stayed out of being in a relationship the last two years, as long as I've been sober actually. Yeah. And that is ultimately what pushed my decision to be sober. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard for me to talk about. I have like no, it's okay. anxiety, so <laughs> it's I apologize. No um, worries. You're, you're, good. you're good. I've never talked about it before. <laughs> um, so me and this guy, we had been dating, and um, you know, I hadn't touched any drugs or anything like that. Uh-huh. And he was doing cocaine, but he was hiding it from me. Sure. And then yeah. it started being something that he did openly in front of me. And oh, he got, he got comfortable with you. Yeah, exactly. And I, he knew I didn't like it and like, Uh I didn't, cause that was like one thing that I know that I have an issue with myself. It's like, I like the way it feels, especially when you've been drinking, Uh you know, like you have no real concept on like how much you're doing or anything like that at the time. Yeah. And, um, so the more 
we were together, the more it was around. Mm-hmm. And then we were drinking every weekend. Mm-hmm. And like, this is when I don't have my kids, mind yeah. you. Like, I, oh. I didn't ever do it when I didn't have my kids. Like, okay. they would be gone and it would just be me and him. Oh, okay. So you, you, you found like <clears throat> little uh, time periods where you can drink and party. Or yeah. Whatever, so like Friday know. through like Sunday afternoon was like mm-hmm. my party time. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we would go out and we would drink Friday and we'd go out and we'd drink Saturday. Yeah. We would get the Sunday brunch and have some <laughs> drinks, you know. And I was Mimosa. back in that side and uh so then we were doing we i ended up doing cocaine because if it's around and in your face enough your willpower just kind of diminishes yeah um and then we were so off and on and we like had this toxic cycle and what would happen is um i would go out and party because i would be so hurt and so pissed off then i would be coming down And he would call or he would text me and I would just get right back with him and we'd be back in that cycle again. And he was mean, but I was Mm -hmm. so codependent on it. I let him mistreat me. He was like, you know, withholding communication as punishment if he did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at one point um, during the pandemic, he put his hands on me and broke my clavicle. Oh, my God. And so then I'm like in a pandemic and I'm fucking being prescribed Norco. So guess what I was Uh. doing after that? (laughs) You know? Yeah, slippery slope. (laughs) That's a very slippery slope. And, 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 you know, doctors just prescribing me 75 norcos and some muscle relaxers yeah. and i'm at home not doing shit and and yeah. you know so then i'm starting to take pills all the time and uh-huh. at one point i was just like oh my god i can't do this anymore like i was i didn't like how angry and like i, I felt crazy like they made me feel crazy and so yeah. then i started taking edibles instead like i guess oh, that okay. was the healthier alternative oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> it's still yeah, a it, substance it's still substance yeah i but know like, yeah. i didn't want to be dependent and so yeah because um, the opiate withdrawals are gnarly they are and you know what i've never been that cranky in my life until like coming down off of opiates like oh. <laughs> and like i felt sick to my stomach oh, you fuck up your day. <laughs> i was a rageful i'm a tiny human i was raging <laughs> I would rip someone's head off coming down. <laughs> I know you're laughing because you're like, I can't see her doing that, but I No, yeah, no. <laughs> maybe no. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Maybe after this podcast, I'm going to get my head ripped off. <laughs> we, we don't know what will happen after this. <laughs> Emotions be heightened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, yeah, I went through that for about, like, four years, just, like, all of these substances and stuff. I guess... I never really saw myself as an addict because I felt like I had it under control. Yeah. Um, and a and lot I, of people struggle with that. Yeah. And I think like that's where it was is like I, I just learned about uh, I think I, you and I talked about it. High like functioning alcoholics yeah. and functioning addicts. <laughs> and I was like on that slope, you know, mm-hmm. where um, I was kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I would control my habits. I also hid my habits. I'm really nervous because my sister's going to hear this podcast Uh-oh. and she had no idea what was going on. Oh, great. <laughs> All new information. So, I'm so sorry to my family. <laughs> Please don't disown me. Um, but, you know, I've, I've shared this with my adopted mom. Um, she's, okay. You've talked to her. She's a very big supporter of your yes, fuck family. Yes, I have, yeah. Um, and she knows. So, But I was on this slippery slope and... Um, I was just in this really nasty relationship and you know when you're a codependent human and you don't have enough like I guess help yeah you start really settling into those behaviors and that's where I was at is I was just stuck in this endless cycle like Mm -hmm. screaming at myself in my car driving over to this guy's house and I don't even want to fucking go there because he's going to be so mean to me yeah. And I know that my feelings are going to be hurt. And I know that later in the week, I'm going to be having panic attacks. And the only thing that's going to help is if I drink. Uh, and you're then when absolutely I, trapped. Yeah. And then I'm drinking and then I'm doing cocaine. But then ketamine was introduced to me. Oh. And so then I'm do- drinking, I'm doing cocaine, I'm oh. doing ketamine and cocaine. And I'm just like numbing yeah, myself absolutely. because I didn't want to feel all of the things mm-hmm. that I was feeling. And again, doing it just on the weekends and keeping it there. And um, it was just a really endless cycle. Four years, like four years of my life. So that was the rest of my 20s. And then Mm -hmm. one morning I woke up and I realized 
how miserable I was and I was done. And, and there wasn't any one thing that like triggered it. I think finally at one point I had had enough and I ended my relationship, but then I realized that if I end this relationship, I also have to be sober because any opportunity yeah. he would have, if I was coming down or if I was drunk or anything uh, like that, it yeah, would be I taken advantage of. Yeah. yeah. And so that was my first step. And um, so when you when you got um, sober, was it um, were you feeling like withdrawals or was it like was it rough? Did it's hard to distinguish between having withdrawals from uh, narcissistic narcissistic abuse, mm-hmm. trauma and alcohol, because ultimately it's all the same. Yeah, you have the yeah. same your brain works the same. Yeah. It releases the same chemicals. Mm -hmm. It gives your body the same response. Um, I was in like a a really weird state. Yeah. Like I was going to say, maybe like despair. Yeah. Where it was just, I was miserable. I was so unhappy and I was crying all the time and I had panic attacks and, and all of these things. And I couldn't even distinguish what it, what it was that did it. And then, Mm -hmm. um, I was sober for a while, and, mm-hmm. and then he tried to come back, of course, and mm-hmm. and this time I was sober, and I was yeah. like, no, but then once he was texting me, it was like the same panic attack. Uh, how long like, were you sober when he was trying to get back at you? It was like, um, I want to say about two months. Oh, okay, so it was a little bit of time. A little bit of time. I thought I was bit. stronger. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But even then, at that time, I had kind of started seeing somebody because of my codependency. Yeah, well, yeah. So, you know, I jumped jumped right back (laughs) in. They really go hand in hand. But then I'm a codependent in a situationship with another codependent (laughs) who is also in um, recovery. He's in recovery. I'm I'm just trying to be sober. He's in recovery. That's like a shit show. Just leaning (laughs) (laughs) Well, but some people will say it'd be like a a fairy tale romance. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I heard you're trying to replace like one codependent. uh, Yeah. Let me hand you this new one. Here. Yay! <laughs> you never know until you you try it. Yeah. I mean, I tried it out, and you know what? I really didn't like. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> there you go. Then you got you got your answer. Yeah. Ultimately, like what happened was, um, my ex was just trying to come back, and, mm-hmm. and I was sober, and I said no, and then it was to the point where I was almost like ready to file a restraining order. Yeah. And like that, that situation ship ended, which was like hurtful too. So I was like spiraling at this point, like Uh newly sober situation ship ending boyfriend trying to come back. How do I cope? I've never been sober (laughs) through all of these feelings before. What do you do? It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Oh my God. And I was also sober, but not in recovery. I'm still sober and not in recovery. I Uh should actually let everyone know that too. Oh, well, you know, people, People's interpretation of recovery I guess, can be different. Yeah, um, I like, work in treatment, so I, I you know, I, I, I totally, I understand. I, I, I not everyone's journey is going to be exactly the same. Yeah, you know, and it's all, all really recovery really is. And I, I, I try to say this to you a few times, but what for me it is is like is the spiritual healing of you know that that malady that we had that emptiness that we had inside of us yeah because that's what ultimately is what makes us addicts it's not the dope it's not not the person it's, it's us that inside. we're trying to feel fill a void yeah. that just like seems like it's endless yeah yeah and a lot of that um is trauma and yeah, and life uh, experiences that you've had and mm-hmm. you just don't know how to process it like that's why I, I'm like a huge advocate for people who um, struggle with mental health because I feel like yeah. mental health and addiction actually go hand in Very hand. Very hand in hand. Because, yeah, and, and, and it's insane. Um, it's it's difficult too because I myself, has, I have experienced like really rough mental health issues mm-hmm. and I, I get it. And uh, I feel like the healthcare system and you know <laughs> everything that is involved in that just needs to be better in understanding yeah addiction and people who struggle with mental health a lot of our homeless people who struggle with addiction 
their mental health is shit. And it's because mm. like a lot of them are like military, they were veterans and then they got yeah, with PTSD, you know, PTSD and, and all these all things. And like, how do you cope with PTSD? Cause that is really yeah. hard. Oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's crazy. Um, yeah, absolutely. But yeah. So, uh, I've been, I've been sober for like two years, what? Yeah, two years this year. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, during that time, I think there's a lot of things that I wish people would have like discussed with you, like uh-huh. the different transitions that you go through during that time, because I feel like at first you're really dependent on other people, right? Because mm-hmm. like you are starting to walk through life, like fully coherent and fully aware on like your situation and your feelings and all of these things. And that's really hard to do alone. And so then you start leaning on other people who are around you because you just really need that support. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that support isn't there, but I was really lucky to have like some really strong friends. Oh, okay. Um, I had uh, one friend that came into my life almost right after I was uh, sober and Mm -hmm. she was testing out the sober waters and Mm -hmm. we used to do all kinds of things together and, and I needed her and she needed me during that time Mm -hmm. and it was really nice. But then, excuse me. No, it's okay. (laughs) Like, uh, (laughs) um, in January of last year, um, things kind of shifted and I was forced, I guess, Mm -hmm. to spend more time alone. And it was like my time, to have different experiences by myself. Okay. So I didn't know what the fuck to do with myself because I had no hobbies. Uh, <laughs> I just had the fucking gym. I have no life. <laughs> <laughs> I have no life. My whole personality was going out to the bars, going to shows, and going to the goth club. And like that's. Well, those are kind of cool things, though. They're actually really fun. I still do them. <laughs> I do them sober. But like, I, I like what the. F- like, how do you fill your time, like, Saturday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Because mm-hmm. I can't go to the goth club at noon, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, like, I finish up at the gym within two hours, uh-huh. so, like, I have the rest of my day. So mm-hmm. I discovered, I don't know if you're familiar, I'm sure you are, mm-hmm. the Phoenix app. Oh. Yeah. The Phoenix app. Can you get more into detail about it? Because I've only heard of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So there's this app for sober people to kind of... Uh, network together not even just network but you know meet and communicate and like there's people all over the place uh-huh. that like sign up on this app uh-huh. and it has like different interests like things if you're interested in writing there's a writing group if oh, you're okay. interested in kayaking there's a kayaking group oh, if you're okay. interested in going climbing there's a climbing group oh. and they have sober meetups oh right on yeah so i downloaded the app because i was like i need more sober friends Uh (laughs) (laughs) and ultimately it was it was super helpful so in january i uh last year i started going rock climbing i started meeting up on new people i remember you telling me this yeah and it was actually really incredible it was really helpful because then i had something to do on saturdays from like (laughs) four to eight and it was just like really fun and got it gets you out of your head and then you get to oh, meet yeah. other people who yeah. are also sober and like build relationships with them that's awesome i loved it i definitely feel like people that's really hard to do too it. by the way <laughs> it is oh i'm gonna go meet up with this group of strangers yeah, 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 yeah see yeah. if i can make some friends it took me a couple tries <laughs> a couple times you went to, uh, to the parking lot you're like am i really gonna do this yeah i had so i would rsvp and i was like no, I don't know if I could do this. And my social anxiety was so high. The first yeah. time I ever like actually went, I remember they were like, you're actually really good at this. And I was like, huh, <laughs> okay, I can do this. <laughs> and I went um, for like six, six, seven months straight. And then I kind of fell off because my job got like more demanding. But okay. I am like super grateful for that because mm-hmm. I feel like that is super helpful. I, I think a lot of people, I don't know if a lot of people know that it even exists. <laughs> like, hey, if you download this app, just so you know, you can go do this stuff for free. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. You want to go rock climbing at Mesa Rim? Stay sober yeah. and go climbing with this group of people. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was actually, it kept me sober too because it was like super motivating because like you have to be sober to do these groups. If you want to go hike on this, like oh, hike on okay. hikes, you have to have like 48 hours of consecutive. Oh, that's not days. even that bad. I mean. No. Oh, it's not yeah. but, like I mean I would encourage like I have I also have a sober gym partner 
Okay. Um, she's two years sober. She's oh, also yeah. in the goth scene, and she's a oh, DJ. Oh, yeah. what? She is. Is she your friend that I met at the concert? Yeah, yeah, yes. so the, the, yeah. So we, okay. yeah, we do all kinds of stuff together. She's sober. She's actually been like one of the biggest helps because I convinced her about like uh, different things. Like, oh. oh, this really bothered me, and uh, or if I have like a moment where I'm like, I really want to go out and drink. Um, it's really nice. It's oh, it's dude, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, she's she she's great. A lot of people I don't think realize that she's sober. A lot of people don't realize that I'm sober. <laughs> I think maybe. Well, they, yeah, the, at the golf club, they probably that's not the that's not the the first thing that comes into mind. Well, and you know what? I just recently um, pitched an idea on doing a uh, sober goth all ages event, and the requirement oh, is to be sober. Yeah, like all like a drive-in, you know. Yeah, so like it, because I I do know that there are kids, there's straight edge kids, there's kids yeah. who don't want to do drugs, there's kids yeah. that end up doing drugs just because they're pressured into it. And what I really ultimately want to do is like create a space for um all all ages so like teenagers young adults where they can like still take part in their community events Mm -hmm. and like have a good time and it's safe and sober oh yeah so that'd be awesome yeah i had some people who were like totally on board with it and it made me feel really good because i'm like okay so like i'm doing something now like i'm doing something and taking the initiative to like start something for our community mm-hmm. to help eliminate, I guess, that those pressures. And like so many kids are dying now. I know. And it's like teenagers that I just watched a thing where a twelve year old died of a fentanyl overdose because she just wanted to fit in with her friends and took hey. some pills and yeah. she didn't wake up. <sighs> so it's That's just, always like the rough ones for me, man. Anything it's like, like they're just they're literally just experimenting or they're just like just like, well, my, my friends are doing it, so it must be safe. And, it's, and, then, and, yeah. then it's, and then it's done. It's never safe. It's not safe right yeah. now. I, I I get stressed out a lot of the times because um, I don't know if you follow anything in the goth community or even with the modeling community, mm-hmm. but we had... Um, and we had some some uh, some people pass away, uh, and uh, it was three and three. Three and three. Three and three. It wasn't one in ten. It wasn't oh, anything. Wow. It was three and three people OD'd nice. two different times. So it's two different groups of people who are all partying together, and all three of them didn't wake up the next day. Oh my god! And I feel like people really need to realize the severity in in the situation that we're in with this. Like it's not safe. It's not safe to take pills. It's not safe to do cocaine. It's not safe to do any drugs. Mm-hmm. And um. I would hate, I, I told you I had a friend who passed away in December and she was literally two days away from being 30 mm-hmm. and she had kids and she oh, just geez. didn't, she didn't go home to them. And that wasn't anything, it wasn't anything intentional. And, yeah. you know, she just, she was, she went out and she partied and she took something that she shouldn't and she didn't wake up. And mm. it's like to the point where like, that could be any any anyone else, any oh, of my absolutely. other friends, any anyone. I I would be devastated to hear that news again. Absolutely. And it's just like it it's it's so hard. It makes me so sad because I know like partying is like this weird staple, and it's like yeah. you know because it, it's, it's just like that that social um, inclusion, you know, where. Yeah, you, you feel like you're a part of something when you're partying with somebody, you know. Well, yeah, and it, then and then it's also like drinking in general. Drinking is so glorified too. You, you're growing up and you're seeing, oh, you got a promotion. Let's go get some drinks, you know. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, you're going through a rough time. Let's go get some drinks. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. When Absolutely. are we gonna start normalizing? Hey, you're having a bad day. Let's go for a hike. Let's go get some <laughs> sunshine. You know? I mean, not everybody likes to hike, but that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> so people might get intimidated by that. <laughs> I can barely walk down the street. <laughs> Let's just go sit in the sun for a couple hours. Yeah. You know, something like just like prioritize having fun without the pressure of having to drink. Yeah. And it sucks. Because I guess it's that uh, the instant gratification, I guess, part of it, too. It's it's accessible. It's easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, me and you could literally just go down the liquor store, like down the street from my, my spot, like in what, like 
30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, like, well, it'd just be one and done for me. Like yeah. I'd be on the floor or something. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, for me, I'm, I'm gonna drink and then I'm gonna go try to score heroin, which doesn't exist anymore. You know what? No, let's not do that today. <laughs> That's what I tell people too. And you know, and and you're somebody who would get it. Like I like people are like, do you ever get the urge to drink? And I'm like, well, I know if I drink, then then I'm gonna have more drinks, and then I'm gonna be doing cocaine. Yeah. And then after that cocaine, I'm going to be like, you know what? Ketamine sounds pretty good, too, because it came so freaking like it became such a part of me and a part of like w- what that cycle looks like for me. Mm-hmm. And so it's not that I, I it's not the drinking that bothers me about it. It's yeah. everything that comes with it. Comes it comes with it. All the, yeah. Yeah. And then my behaviors are questionable. You know, <laughs> the people I'm choosing to spend my time yeah, with, yeah, what the yeah, fuck yeah. are you doing, the, those, girl? Those winners over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those, those people in that dark corner. <laughs> they'd be looking mighty fine. <laughs> a little... Red flags is really pretty. <laughs> they do. They actually kind of glow in the dark they when you've been drinking. <laughs> They're like a fiery rat, and you know, we always like fire. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so for me, it's it's the patterns and the behaviors and, like, stuff that I just yeah. don't want to do anymore, and that's yeah. what keeps me sober, that and, like, the fact that I could die. Yeah. And I have way too much to live for now. Sobriety has absolutely changed my life. I, I have done, like, a complete 180, Mm-hmm. And like I don't even know who I am. I'm like getting overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't even know. Like good, I don't even. <laughs> I don't even know who I was. You know back then because like I look at it and it's like really sad. It's genuinely, like I let myself go through those things and it was like in the name of of partying and and like it wasn't worth that. You know yeah. and and um I I spent four years of my life being like treated like crap and then treating myself like crap and I walked away and I was like so miserable and then sobriety hit me and all of a sudden like everything just started making sense I had to feel a lot of things that were just really hard and really heavy Mm -hmm. and it got really lonely nobody tells you that at one point sobriety (laughs) gets a little lonely oh well yeah you know (laughs) eventually uh, you you get all these things off your checklist and then the the void kind of starts and then you start feeling it, yeah, and 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 that's hard to deal with. And then, yeah, but then you start coming back to life, you know, and and you find joy in things that you didn't typically find joy in, and and that's where I'm at with it. Is yeah. I've, I remember a year and a half ago sitting on a beach with this guy that I thought I was like so into and mm-hmm. crying, being like, I just really want to be happy, and I don't think I'm ever gonna have that. Mm-hmm. And then now I'm like. I am so incredibly happy and like (laughs) lucky to be on this earth because I get to talk about sobriety with my friends and I get to, to share those experiences. I get to encourage people. I have people telling me that I'm inspiring them and I'm not just inspiring them because of the gym. I'm inspiring them because I'm living my (laughs) life on the next level of like, can I have that? Like what you have, how did you get that? Mm. And it's like, well, you see, like, I just made this choice. And I know that some <laughs> people don't have it that easy to just, like, make a decision and, like, that's it. Yeah. Sometimes you need that that help but, and that... Yeah, the motivation. Yeah, and, like, a network of support and, like, people like sponsors and, mm-hmm. and meetings and all of these things. And I think that's, like, one of the things where um, I have a little bit of a disconnect because I can't talk to people about sobriety um, if they are in NA or if, Oh, really? I, I, it's not, it's not that I can't talk to them about it. It's that I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect because a lot of the times their story is a lot, it's, it's a lot. And like, I mm, okay. have a hard time comprehending, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The severity of their yeah. addiction, yeah, 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 yeah. because I get, I get that. yeah, and because I just I didn't experience it. I experienced it on my level. So mm, how you were sure. talking earlier about how everybody's experience is different it's with very addiction, different. of course. And there's different levels of addiction too. Oh yeah, it's that's that's also there's some really sick people. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, I always felt that way too, because like um, when I um, 
stopped going to meetings and stuff like that, I always kind of felt really insecure because I got clean and sober when I was 22. And usually people that go to these things are usually middle-aged, typically. <laughs> or, um, or you know, the or, or the people my age are just always in and out all the time. So I, it, it was kind of, I, I always kind of felt like I, I, I didn't really belong, even though I know I have it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it was it was kind of a weird feeling, for 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 some years, and I'm still like, <laughs> kind of like in this category where it's like, I'm I'm a little bit older. I'm in my 30s now, and I'm most likely gonna have more time than somebody that's twice my age, <laughs> <laughs> most likely. But you know, um, what I look for though is not really. Um, the mess i just i i just look at somebody's um um solution in their recovery that's that's all i because i know at, at first we all kind of like i'm not, I'm trying to use trying to find a better word for this but like dick measure our fucking <laughs> you know what i mean our our our, our, our disease you know what i yeah. mean like oh like i did uh, life or i did shoe terms or i was in the streets in downtown, you know, smoking crack and he's for the streets. Yeah, for the streets, <laughs> you know, or you know what I mean. Like, there's, there's, uh, you know, all, all these like severities, and then you know, people that went through like extreme circumstances too, and and it's like I I was focused on that for a while, but I when I um, started coming back, I all I really try to do now is just focus on the similarities. And, and just the solution. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I whenever, whenever I talk, I, I do get into my story only just so um, not for me to forget where I come from. I love that. Yeah. That's and 22, it. that's a really, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's impressive. Because <laughs> 22 year olds, I can tell you what I was doing at 22. Oh, oh wait, I just dude. did. <laughs> I mean, I didn't want it though. I mean, it, it was great. Like, I, I was um, in, in, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was in George Bailey, and I didn't fucking, I didn't want my date at all, dude. I fucking was so bitter. I wanted to go to the bars. I, I, I hadn't even drank at a bar. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. And I, I but I, I just, um, I just couldn't stop fucking shooting up, and, and, <laughs> and, and the only reason why I even know my date is because of my court papers. That's how. Yeah, I saw, you know, I saw the day I was arrested, yeah. and I was like, oh fuck man like i just can't wait to fucking get the fuck out of here and do my thing and um but the thing was is like because i had all these consequences like uh prison term lingering over my head and and like and the fact that i didn't have anywhere to go my family didn't want to you know deal with me anymore they knew exactly what i was and and then i you know i and i got sent to a a treatment center up in uh, fucking campo in the middle of nowhere not the coolest not the coolest spot for a 22 year old man and i'm surrounded by a bunch of other uh, cool guys like myself and and like i i I just was like i i i just kind of i guess i kind of calmed down a little bit but more silly i just i just finally i just finally wanted something different yeah you know, and it, yeah, it was it, it wasn't an overnight process. It definitely I, it wasn't like I woke up one day and I'm, like, I'm going to stay clean and sober for the rest of my life. Yeah, it wasn't like that at all for me. It, it, it took fucking months and months of fucking thresholds and all this mind fucking of myself. Yeah. And then that's why I finally this was like, I'm going to tell I'm going to do something different. I think that's what it is, is that we just get so tired yeah. of being so miserable and repeating the same things. And that's yeah. what a lot of people have in common yes absolutely and 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 then you just want change and sometimes we don't know where to start with our change yeah and it's and scary it is terrifying change is the most terrifying thing out there yeah and, and being strong yeah and, and also you know because you kind of touched on it uh earlier is like you know um so my family wants me to stop shooting up heroin <laughs> but they didn't really give a shit if i drink yeah you know so when i you know i got out of the rehab Fuck, I was still on paper too. I was still on probation. They were like, Oh, you want a beer? Like mm. all the time for like my first year or two. Yeah. And and like, <laughs> I, I don't think my family took my sobriety seriously. Nah, yeah. Nah, yeah. That yeah. absolutely was my case. 
<laughs> yeah, and it's really weird because like uh, I would go over and and they'd be like, "You want some wine?" No, I'm 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 sober. Okay, okay. okay and then, yeah. Are you sure you don't want anything? Yep, I'm absolutely <laughs> sure. And like it's because it's so normal and it's so okay. And like I, it's just like well, they also they also didn't know what I was struggling with because I wasn't honest with mm, people. Sure. That's like the worst part about what I uh, did and what yeah. I was de- dealing with during that time was that I hid everything because I was ashamed and I was extremely yeah. embarrassed and so disappointed in who I was. And, um, and, and now it's great. Cause I get to tell people the, the truth, you yeah. know, and, and that's just like this weight is like lifted off my shoulders and I'm not ashamed of it because I'm actually really impressed that I got through it mm-hmm. and I moved past it and, and now we're here, but yeah, it's wild because people are like, are you sure you know? <laughs> what? what? It's, it's no, just no. a drink. Yeah. It's, it's so good. <laughs> like literally, dude, like fuck, what was this? Like maybe dude, it was like two years ago. My 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 best friend had died from a drug overdose. Mm. And then but when all this was happening, um somehow my uncle was telling me, he's like, Yeah, your your grandma doesn't know why you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> she asks all the time, like, why does he not drink? <laughs> And I'm like, damn, like, well, you, you just got a ex- good example right there from from Phil fucking dying from a heroin or fentanyl overdose. And yeah. You're like, I actually, I can drink, but the, you see what's going to happen after. Yeah. That's the part they show. <laughs> that's the part that did you say? That, yeah. What? Uh, uh, like, well, it's just a beer. <laughs> and that's why people think it's just this. It's just that. And it's like, no, no, no. That's not how I work, though. I know you might work that way, and that's really great, but. You know, I don't have the capability of being like, oh, it's just a beer. Because yeah. I'm always going to be like, I'm going to have three more beers. And yeah. then, like you, you're yeah. going to be finding somebody who has drugs, no, you know? No, wait, wait, where's it at? Where's it at? <laughs> it goes hand in hand. Yeah, um, absolutely does. But I, I don't know. I, I Like you said, like, uh, we just wake up and we've had enough and then we have to heal. And I think mm-hmm. the healing portion of things gets really difficult because when you've been self-medicating your entire life, healing is just wild because you, you start feeling things that you thought you got over right? <laughs> but you didn't really get over and they it. resurface sometimes <laughs> i remember crying in my car a couple months ago i had a boyfriend um when i was in high school when i was 17 his name is jesse and mm-hmm. um uh he flew through a windshield during a drunk driving incident oh, shit. and he didn't make it and um i was listening to freaking mac miller and i'm just like crying my eyes out and i'm like oh my god jesse but i love you so oh i can't believe he's gone and then i started thinking about all of it because we would we would just get fucked up together we would do like uh we'd take ecstasy and we'd get drunk and i was like i remember the last time i had talked to him and he's like I love you. Please don't break up with me. And I, and I didn't even have a reason to break up with him at the time. <laughs> and then the next thing I know, I'm getting a phone call that he flew through a windshield. And and I guess I didn't process it like I thought I did. Because wow. then I'm crying about it at 34. Oh, <laughs> and I felt like the craziest person <laughs> ever. And I'm like, well, sobriety just be like that. <laughs> it be like that, okay? It comes for you on days that you don't anticipate yeah. it coming for you. Yeah. And, um, just like that. They just like that you'll wake up one day and be like why am i so sad and then you'll remember a time that you fell down the stairs and you were five (laughs) (laughs) it was so painful i was embarrassed (laughs) dear god i can't go to work today i'm just so embarrassed with myself but yeah the the healing process is wild because you go through so many different things um but then the other side of it is just so pretty you know yeah like, I, I bet your quality of life is just so much better now. Way, way fucking better. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, it's... Can't even compare it. Yeah, every time I see you, you're smiling. And you laugh. <laughs> and, and, you know, that's really cool. And you, you're so motivated. And I love that. I love that energy. And I love being pe- around people like that, too. You're, oh, you're yeah. Like, I'm sitting here being like, people tell me I'm inspiring. You're inspiring. Like, oh, that's wow. rad. You're, like, you started your clothing company to bring awareness to um fentanyl which is absolutely incredible and i feel like it's really cool to watch you grow and that too thank you and now you're starting this podcast and people get to share their story and you you get to connect with other people who have gone through similar experiences yeah and that's incredible too because people need to hear that and they need to know that 
I think so too. Yeah. And, and like, I love that. I, I think that that is just, I'm in all of that. Cause you're like <laughs> taking the initiative to do things. <laughs> well, you know, it, <laughs> it, uh, look, like both things that was, like, it, I, I mind fucked the shit out of myself <laughs> for a while. I, you know, even like the, the podcasting was brought up like a year ago Yeah, and I'm like, I can't fucking do that. I don't have a good personality. I think my voice sounds weird. I laugh a lot. <laughs> and then I'm like, hey, bro, you have a good podcast voice. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But, uh, you know, so I just, I don't know. You know, I I, I was like just kind of, you know, um, I had mixed feelings about it. And then uh, I, I, I talked to my buddy. Um, I was um, out in Vista. You know, um, my buddy Rafa, he he's just like, come on, man, just 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 do the podcast. And, you know, and and because uh, he has a really successful one. And I, I was like, you know what? Like, fuck it, man. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and, I, and I'm so, like, lucky, you know, to have, like, these amazing people, man, in my life, even prior, you know, prior to everything. And I and I, I know um, I, I just kind of and really what motivated me is I just wanted these voices to be a little louder and and just to be known, man, yeah. to put a face behind you guys who model for me, especially. Because yeah. that's a better way, I think, than, you know, captioning something on Instagram or... Oh, yeah. We're not out here modeling just because it's something cool. Yeah, like, we no, absolutely. We actually have, like, every single person that I've uh, met through Fuck Fentanyl, they all have a very different, unique story. Right. And I do feel as if... And I want to know everyone, too. I want to know every single one. And I want to be like, damn, you are a savage. You freaking overcame that. Or yeah. you're still working through it. Like, Absolutely. even people with, like, a little bit of clean time, like, that's incredible. Because oh, fuck you yeah. are doing it every single day. You are getting up and you are making it th- through the day. And that is that says a lot because yeah. that, that means your willpower is there and like you feel you, you feel confident enough to get through the day without any substances. Oh, fuck. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's hard. That that early that early fucking part, man, is so fucking difficult. It is. I went through um, a one very specific time where I almost like slipped up and that was last February. And I think I had like. It's so hard to keep track of oh, that's time. Okay. Um, I, I think I had like seven or eight months of that time. Okay. And so I was like in it mm-hmm. and I was doing really yeah. good. And then I was having a panic attack uh, because uh, I was in a space that just felt unsafe. And I was out at a bar in a club and somebody was invading my space and made me feel unsafe. And uh-huh. I got so uncomfortable. And, and like, I, I have CPTSD. I should, I should like, <laughs> just, just from ha- going sure. through, like, the things that I went through. And so, yeah. so it, the, it'll make a little bit more sense. Okay. Um, so then I'm, like, in a hot room. And I'm freezing, but I'm sweating. And I'm having this crazy, weird, like, reaction to the, the situation around me. And, you know, my abusers in my my bubble and mm-hmm. I'm like, I hadn't had to experience that for a while. Mm-hmm. And I'm in a bar. Oh, ooh, dangerous. And I'm supposed to be celebrating my friend's birthday. OK. And I walk up to the bar and I could legitimately taste Asian and soda. I was like, I could taste oh, it. Oh, shit. And I knew that I had my car in a parking lot mm-hmm. and I just left. And, but I was that close. I walked up to the bar and I would like, I was like, you know what? I could do it and I'll be fine. Uh And I left because I knew that I wasn't going to be fine because it wasn't (laughs) just going to be that one gin and soda. Oh yeah. And, and, and that was, I will never forget that because I had like, even sometimes when I see other people doing like cocaine, I try to stay away from it now and like stay away from people who are doing it. I can, I can feel it. And I can uh. taste it. <laughs> and it's like, and that's when you know, too, like, oh, I have a problem. Uh, you <laughs> know, uh, the cocaine actually has, like, that weird back taste that you yeah. kind of feel it way back, like, in the, it's almost like it's, it's, it's like, in the back, yeah, of, in the back of your throat. And, and yeah. you can smell it, too. Yeah. When oh, it's, yeah. like, strong cocaine. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. You can smell it. And you will like, never forget that smell. No, you will <laughs> never, ever forget that smell. And so sometimes I, I like, I can, even if it's on TV, 
Uh, I'll be like, oh, I know what that feels like. And it's it makes me feel so gross. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, that happened. uh, God, when I was watching, um, it was one of my favorite movies, uh, Train Spotting. Mm. Uh, It was like one of the scenes where it got uh, the the close up, you know, where he's like shooting up. And I was just like, oh, my fucking God. You can feel it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's like a freaking, what is it, muscle memory? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like muscle (laughs) (laughs) muscle memory. I feel half high right now. I actually feel high watching that. Just watching this guy. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. So, like, I, I, I don't know. I have huge respect for people who make it through those moments because those moments are hard. Mm-hmm. They're hard, especially when it's in front of you, in your yeah. face. Temptation is there, and you're like, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's wild. It's wild to see people do that too, and to have like such strong. I guess a sense of, okay, this is going to ruin me if I do this. Mm. So I'd like, I have friends like who still party and stuff and, um, yeah, I just try to stay out of it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? yeah establish boundaries and yeah, it's just to the point where it's like, okay, I understand that I'm a certain way now. And before I was like, I'm not an addict. I'm not an addict. I'm not an addict. I'm not an addict. Yeah. You, no. you only debate it like a hundred times in your head. But yeah. <laughs> I actually say it all the time. I am not an addict. And then I'm like, now, now I'm, I say, I'm what you call a functioning <laughs> I have my shit together enough <laughs> to where it hasn't created an issue yet. Yeah. But it creates an issue in my personal life, but everywhere else I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'll openly admit it. And, and I've had people tell me too, oh, it's really crazy that you haven't had an issue with like substance abuse. And I'm like, well, define substance abuse because if I'm using it to self-medicate, yeah. Then there's an issue. Yeah. Exactly, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. You literally just hit the nail on the head right yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. Uh it, it's funny <laughs> to me. It's it's just like uh, I'm not an addict actually. You know what? I've been lying to myself this whole time because I don't want to admit it, but it's cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, there was like something else that I was going to cover and my brain just like totally slipped. Ah, uh, no worries. Yeah. You know, I could definitely um, I definitely would love to have you on again. Yeah. Like like, like, cause I, I, I look, I, I, I'm, I'm dead serious. I, I, I want to hear like different point of views and different perceptions. And you know what I mean? I, 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 I wanted, you know, when I started fuck Fendel, I want it to be all inclusive really. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have to be an addict. You don't have to, you know, um, really man, like it all comes down to is like, we, we all lost somebody that we love, man. Yeah. To, to fucking this fucking drug. Yeah. Or even just just the disease of addiction or my poor alcoholism. little sister. Um, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. She lost one of her best friends, fentanyl, and he was seventeen. Seventeen. Jesus. Yeah. So this is like a huge thing, and I, I, I mean, and like I said, I feel so strongly about this, and I like it's it's really impressive that you started it. <laughs> it really is. I feel like there's a lot of different things that I look at with with fuck fentanyl and like the awareness that it brings because I, I know people used to just say fuck fentanyl and there was nothing being done about it. Like, what are you doing to bring awareness? And, and like, yeah. I have a friend who uh, feels so strongly about it. Her name is Kelly. And, uh-huh. um, she's really excited for this podcast too, by the way. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Shout out to Kelly. She's one of my uh, sober supporters. Cool. She, um, after like the most recent overdose with uh, some of the goth musicians in the yeah. scene, the three and three, the three and three, uh, she went out and she bought some Narcan mm-hmm. and she bought some test strips. Oh wow! And she went out to a goth event and she just handed them on out. Oh fuck yeah! And she was That's like, awesome. "Do you know how to use them? Do you know how to distribute Narcan? Yeah. Do you like? Is it just genuinely want to provide?" information to help mm-hmm. keep people safe. And I yeah. think that's incredible. And I, I know yeah. that's something that you do too. Yeah, I, do, I do that as well. Yeah. yeah. And that's something that I want to do. I would love to know like where like there's distributions are. So like it's, cause I don't know if you've ever gone to the store to try to buy Narcan. I'm sure you have. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've, it's, it's one of those things where it, Narcan can, is kind of just distributed by like small little groups. There's yeah. really no like big, all like, you know, like, everyone gets our stuff from there. It's just, it's kind of scattered. And, you know, they do, 
look, like some organizations do really good at uh, distributing them. Yeah. But uh, honestly, though, ultimately, like, I, I, I feel like more can be done. Yeah, if you go to CVS and try to buy it, by the way, it's uh, $50. 50 bucks? Are you $50. kidding me? It's wow. a little disgusting. That's kind of crazy. It's wild to me. I was really disgusted. I got like literally that. like five boxes right now. Man. Yeah. I'm yours. Just, like, you can have as many as you want. <laughs> I, I'm at a point where I'm just like, it's not even just that uh, the information needs to be provided to people to keep them safe. Yeah. It's also like, uh, I hope people realize that Narcan isn't a hundred percent effective. Oh no. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That, 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 that is very important. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I just, I think for me with fentanyl, people just really, really need to be safe in what they're doing and you know, the drugs that they're taking and, and, and everything in between, but it's so unsafe. I wish I wish it was easy as being like, hey, guys, there's fentanyl in these drugs. Please don't take them because you will die. Yeah. And people would listen. But instead, people think that they're immune and invincible. Yeah. And they continue doing it. And then one yeah. day they just don't wake up. And it's yeah. like. It, yeah. Um, uh, my my friend Spike, when I did the when, when he interviewed me for his article in the reader, you know, we, we, we brought that you brought that up like, you know. Like somebody tests for their drugs, they know it has fentanyl. Chances are they're still gonna do it. Yeah. Chances are they're still gonna do it. Yeah. Because they're just gonna be like, well, probably just a little bit. And like, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't take much. That's what people it don't does, realize. Yeah. Too. <laughs> you're doing a key bump, and you're you're gonna die. Oh yeah. You do. Uh, I don't know. It's just if there's fentanyl in your drugs, throw them away. Throw them away. Yeah. That's it. Just don't do them. I, yeah. I feel like that's the only solution that we should have at this point mm-hmm. is that it's not safe. You shouldn't be doing it. And and you just, just yeah. let the drugs go. If you want to drink, go fucking drink. That's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I, I mean, if you're not if you're not a sober person and that's how you do things, then, yeah. then do whatever. I, I still think alcohol is absolutely terrible for you. <laughs> it's linked to like Alzheimer's and so many other different diseases. Yeah, absolutely. And but but I'd rather somebody go drink than die. Yeah. From one little bump. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. It's it's just, you know, um you know, it's like everyone has their own road. Everyone's gonna, you know, ultimately make that that choice, you know. Um, am I gonna pick up or and you know, my my whole thing is just, you know, you know, just just be aware of what you're doing, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just just know it's your life you're fucking with. Yeah, exactly. And it's cool because people like you are trying to put it out there that, that <laughs> you're, you know, like it's just, uh, it, it is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I, I say it is what it is, but it just, it's really devastating yeah. is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, you know, I, that, for me, it's like, that's why I like to reach out to people, man, and, you know, make them, make you think, hey, look, man, you don't need to do that, man. Like, yeah. there's other, there's other stuff. And that's why I also, I wanted you on here just from you to tell your personal experiences how you stayed sober and there's a there's other options you don't have to go to fucking aa every fucking day no. you don't have to you know um read the, these literature books like the bible you know you don't no. have to be a born again like militant christian you know no you don't there, there's so many other options man yeah i um yesterday i went on if i did i feel so premature talking about this guy (laughs) (laughs) but uh i actually went on this really cool the the guy's sober he's four years sober which is incredible and uh we were planning our weekend and i was like let's go to mount mount laguna let's go in the snow Mm -hmm. you can do different things and have so much fun with other people just like sober like let's go freaking hike in the snow. Let's like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to go to the bar either. You don't have yeah. to party. You don't have to, you don't have to do all of these things to have fun. And I think circling back to the Phoenix app, that's why that was creative. Yeah. It was to show people yeah. that you could still have a good time yeah, without absolutely. substances with other people. And I do know that they have those groups too, where it's like, um, young adults and they throw like, uh, 
DJ dance party things. Oh, okay. I've only heard about them like twice. They have like an emo night and they have like uh, oh, no way. another kind of night. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's really cool. I forget yeah. what it's called or otherwise I'd be like, hey, you yeah, can go yeah. to this check, night. Check that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's fucking cool though. I yeah. like that. Man, that's fucking awesome. It's cool because then like people get to understand that you, you, you can have a good time without doing these things. Right. And sobriety is actually really cool. it is it is i think we're kind of the coolest people out there just like 100 fact actually and that is my very humble opinion very humble i'm gonna say it straight up there was nothing cool about me when i when i was like in my early 20s strung out always going to jail hanging out with knuckleheads that that didn't care no, there's, there's there was there was nothing cool about there's it. There's nothing man. cool. There's nothing attractive. There's oh, nothing man. fun. Like that just sounds like a miserable time. And it was straight up. And there was nothing cool about me getting blacked out drunk and like <laughs> falling over it, on the it, sidewalk. It could be a little sad. It could be a little sad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it was really entertaining for other people, but <laughs> for me, train, the next day, <laughs> there were times where I woke up with these like nasty scrapes on my knees, and I'd be like, because I had to climb up my stairs because I couldn't walk up them. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing cool about like that. Like, rock climbing. Just like, <laughs> like a zombie. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you got so good. Because you, you practiced. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> well... Uh, thank you again for coming on, Steffi. I, I absolutely love talking to you. I can do this all, all day. fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> You're an absolute inspiration. Like I, you know what I mean. I like I said. Like I, I respect your 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 route, your your journey. You know what I mean. Whether it's um, just meeting people um, um, to, to to just do fun things, or you know, you're you know, obviously you work out and you go to the gym a lot and. It's 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 amazing to you know um, see you uh, conquering your demons. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I I you know that's one thing I could definitely relate to you about. <laughs> and I I fucking I appreciate everything you've done, and just keep keep on killing it. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. I've had fun. This is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Hope you had a good one.